ready for this? Let's do this. I'm ready. All right. Uh, welcome, everybody, to the inaugural episode of Refactored. I uh, literally did not plan an intro because I'm trying to make it a little more organic. So when you when you message me beforehand, hey, do the intro. I said, okay, I'm on it. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll put a sounder in here somewhere. And that's and that's the, how we'll kick the episode off. It'll just be me fumbling through this thing and then boom, the, sounder. The, the you know, the 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 young kid from the commercial back in the 50s with a thumbs up and a smile. Sure thing, pal. <laughs> uh all right. So I am one half of your host. I uh my name's Frank Cole. And with me and is I- I'm the other half of host. Uh, my name is Chris Tonkinson. Oh, wow. You went really sultry on that. Really good. Um, and uh, I'm trying to develop a persona here, Frank. Stay with it. <laughs> keep, I'll try and keep up. I'll try and keep up. Um, and so this uh, this was a, an idea that uh, Chris and I had had for uh, the last couple of years. And we finally just said, screw it. Let's let's give it a shot. Um, let's see. What do you want to talk about first, us or the show? Where do you want to start? Uh, well, I think I think uh, let's do show and then let's do us. Right? What you know? Why are we here? And then and then why the heck would anybody listen to us about it? <laughs> Fair enough. Good. All right. So, uh, the show refactored is an idea that came about from our experiences uh, in the industry and our uh, the the trials and travails. Um, of engineers in in the technology space, specifically around where the the technology ends and the business begins, that blurry line, that always seemed to be where most success and or failure happened. Um, no man's land. Yeah, yeah. It's this it's this gap. It's this void. And uh, if you handled that really well, it almost didn't matter what your tech looked like or what your business looked like. If you were able to connect those two dots, it, it, it went really, really well. And if you, it didn't matter how good you were at business or tech or both. If you didn't, if you failed to connect those two dots, the whole thing just sort of fell on its side. I thought. No. And a lot of talent and or money can prevent that falling for a while, but it's, you're going to fall over. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, I kept seeing these things and you and I would, I mean, talk about them. It was, it was just a, it was a constant dialogue for us, uh, around the, uh, the, the philosophies, things that would work, things that didn't work, observations, uh, getting grumpy about certain things that would get squirrely <laughs> on us, which we're very good at. We're very good at getting <laughs> grumpy about things. <laughs> I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to my first rant. I actually have a rant for today, a, a, a brief rant. Um, but yes, that'll absolutely be the. Uh, I, I think that'll be the best part. So, uh, content-wise, what to expect? I think we'll talk some tech. We'll talk some business. We'll talk some uh, industry stuff. I, I really don't. I, I think everything is really on the table. Uh, what I'd say this is not, is not, it's not a deep dive into tooling. We'll talk about tools, but I'm not going to get super deep into, into coding, uh, or anything like that. I don't think you had any plans to go super deep on that either. No, generally. no, I don't, I don't think anybody needs another one of those podcasts. Right. And I don't want to do just pure management either, yeah. you know, cause that's yeah. not the, that's not the point. It's, it's that, it's that bridge. It's that gap. Um, I have always, over the course of my career, I like talking about how I bridge the gap between the technical and the non-technical. And I think that's really 
what we're what we're honed in on. So there's that yeah, covers and, and not to introduce us before we introduce us, but we're, we're both in uh, we're both in technical management, and so. Uh, as you rightly said, this is an exploration of our travails, successes, and failures in that capacity. And so, in technical management, uh, you're gonna you're gonna interface, you're gonna rub with some technology, you're gonna interface with some people. Um, and I think there's a lot of interesting exploration done there. And there's, I mean, I'm a podcast junkie. I, I really am. I have probably 50 subs in Overcast at any given time, and I'm actively trying to get that number down. I just, I have a psychological disorder. I can't do it. Um, <laughs> and so <laughs> there, there are a ton. I mean, if, if, if anybody, and I think uh, I would love to do a little thing at the end, maybe we have a pick, you know, a, a book or a podcast or, a, you know, a, a, some gadget or whatever, that would be cool. Um, and, and I could, you know, I, we could go for a year on just podcast recommendations. But if you want business and leadership and personal development and all of that side of it, you can get shows that man, I mean, I mean, nail it. And if you want deep dive technical news and developments and, and um, uh, introductions and so forth, you can go and you can find that even more of those. Uh, but I think there's like there is a gap of people who can sit in a room full of both nerds and executives and make a productive conversation of that. Uh, there's a gap of podcasts that explore doing that. So it's 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 not meta, but but that's where we live. That's where you and I both live professionally day to day. Um, and I think that's that's going to provide the substance for for what we're going to explore here. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It, it's a um, obviously. I mean, we spoke about it in advance. It's it's really just a <laughs> if, to put a, to put a fine point on it. It's really just me and you capturing the conversations that we have had over extended lunches in some cases and you know the water cooler conversations and and those kinds of things so the, the conversations that we're having from time to time anyway right exactly it's, it's just it's just capturing those um so I, I okay so a little bit a little bit of background on us um we met god uh what year was it 2006 seven seven, seven? six or seven i want six seven, or seven i think Okay. And I was working at a startup. Uh, you we were both working at a startup. I had just been hired full time as um, as director. It was a five person team, <laughs> director of technology, it's like principal of a homeschool. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and you were in college at the time you were working. You had worked through the summer there. And, I was right. Yeah, started uh, did some intern over the summer, and uh, I did a good enough job. They uh, wanted to keep me uh, part time throughout the school year, so right. instead of uh, instead of tutoring um, uh, tutoring fellow students, I got to apply my skills in a slightly more productive way. Right, right, and and I and I remember that was a that was a good first meeting, and I remember thinking, well, this guy might you know know his stuff. I was a few years in at that point, and I remember thinking, well, he 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 he's got modicum of potential maybe i'm not sure well, well that's say. generous yeah well you know i mean they were paying me so i kind of felt like i had to be nice at least well, you had to say something had positive. to be had to say something positive uh so we worked together through that that project and you had worked uh through your school year uh working nights and weekends which uh i think says a lot about anyone willing to to do that kind of thing through school and uh let's see that so we're gonna fast forward a little bit i think that that startup kind of it folded and then I moved on. You were still in school. I bounced around. I did a startup of my own and that didn't, that didn't take off, but was a great learning experience, especially on the business side. But I did that for a couple of years. And in the meantime, you finished school and went out and got yourself a real job. 
found a gainful employee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I, uh, let's see. Uh, while you were fully employed, I was, I was, I was fully self-employed, um, living on the, living on the wife's wage and, uh, my project never took off. I went back to a full-time job. Um, and then you and I had opportunity to get back together again, uh, working together at the new job, building some stuff, which was fun. That was fun. It was brief. That was fun. <laughs> well, yeah, as those things tend to be. It was it was, it was brief. Uh, the project ended up getting scuttled um, and we found But I think that point that that point, though, it's it's important to pause there because, you you know, uh, after that original startup, you went off and, and did your own startup. Uh, I had finished up school. Then I went to go. I found work um, <clears throat> at, a, at a decent little company. And when we met back up there, I'll call this this job. All right, we're programmers, right? So the the initial startup that has to be job zero, right? We we count from zero. So uh, so job zero was the first startup. And then job one was the the next mutual position we held together because mm-hmm. there have been several. Mm-hmm. Um, job mm-hmm. one, I think, is really where we started to uh, really started to gel as a as a team. Um, that's, mm-hmm. I think that is where we really started to talk a lot more and solidify the foundations for what would come later. You know, we knew each other in job zero. It was a great experience. I mean, I, I learned a ton. I, I think you did as well. Um, but we still, um, you know, we, we had our own thoughts, we were going our own ways. And I mean, that's not that that's ever not been the case, uh, but at job one, that's where I think we started to see, Hey, you know, this guy, I mean, you know, he's a jerk, but like he's onto something with that, you know, and 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 so then that's that's where we kind of uh, that's where we kind of hooked together, I would say. I, I would say it, pre, it predated that because once you started out in the world, I remember when you first started your your gig, you you reached out to me several times with with uh, technical questions, even looked for assistance on a couple projects. And that led to uh, some dialoguing, you know, chat and, and phone calls and things like that, where, where the conversations sort of started. And then I would fill you in on the other side about what I was doing. Here's where the startup was at. And then when I went back to full time, we talked about that. And so I think it started there. And then, like you said, really solidified, you know, actually, you know, working together. It was really interesting coming back together and, and seeing you bring a lot of what you had uh, picked up along the way with the uh, with the company that you you landed with out of uh, out of college, um, and so so that that project that we were on that fell totally just totally flamed out, and we found ourselves collectively on our butts together. And as these things tend to happen, as they tend to happen, <laughs> and so we decided. Well, we both know what we're doing, and I, I we're we're pretty good at this. I was about. You know, we're we're about uh, it's like what almost almost eight or ten years in at that point, and I thought, yeah, I I can make a go at this, and you were on board, and so we did our own thing, and we we did our own um our own uh, venture, and uh, tried to do a um, a uh, software design firm, and uh, kept ourselves afloat for uh, what was that about a year and change. Uh, two, two years, two years, was it two years? Was it two years? Okay. God, the time flies. Uh, I'd say it was overall successful and it was successful enough that one of our, uh, one of our first clients actually reached out to us to say, Hey, we really like the work that you do. And every other team I've worked with has been horrible. What do you guys say about coming on board and, and, uh, and 
working for us and building out our shop. And we had been successful. I I, I go back and forth on this decision a lot. Um, Constantly. Yeah, I, I, I think it's you good. Can't be, the problem is I, I would be fine making and living with these sorts of decisions if my crystal ball weren't in the shop all the time. <laughs> it's always broken. Right. And I just, it's it real. Ah, yeah. So we were, me. so we were doing, I, I remember thinking at the time, so we were doing okay. And, and we had a decent trajectory that looked like it was, it could go somewhere, but this was also a very, a, a much larger opportunity and obviously had clear runway and, and stable income. And so the stability, I think, I think can't be understated. You know I mean? At that life stage, we're both uh, buying houses, having children. I mean, that's, you know, the, the, the stability that offered was uh, a big part of, mm-hmm. you know, my half of the decision to say, Hey, let's, why yeah. don't we take this? I mean, any, any, uh, any idiot with a keyboard can start an ISV. That's the hard part. Wasn't coming up with a logo and, and, um, be you know in an llc uh mm-hmm. you know the hard part is knowing what you're doing and being able to go out and get business which you don't lose just because you went back to um you know a a corporate job for a while so there was i, I saw it as we did have we did have momentum um and you certainly lose that right in that kind of a transition but uh, that's not something that you can't get back mm-hmm. um, and so that was that was a big piece at least for me I, I, the decision was easier for, <clears throat> excuse me, the decision was easier for me, I think, because of the the pe- previous experience I had trying to bootstrap my own startup uh, early, years earlier, because I had to walk away from that. And that was hard. And I ended up sticking with it longer than I should have in hindsight. Um, but what I realized in the, in the intervening time since then, was that Okay, the business itself didn't take off, but I learned a ton. I got I walked away with a ton of skills and experience, uh, particularly in in sales and marketing, and uh, all the all of the business side of things. And that was really useful skill to have. And so when it came time to make the decision again, I was less hesitant because I knew, okay, we're going to turn this off. I can turn it on again. I've already turned it on twice. So I can come back, like you said, I think you're absolutely right. And I don't, I, I'm not going to fret about what I lost because I picked up, a, again, a ton of experience and uh, we were kind of continuing the show, you know, because we had been partners in the, in the startup and then they, they hired us effectively to co-lead the new department together, which was a pretty, a pretty fun arrangement. I, I think that worked it was out a pretty really sweet well. gig. It was. it was a pretty sweet gig. It was yeah. a sweet gig. I, I enjoyed that a lot. Um, so we started with this company, they had zero internal and they had all these contracted things. And so we brought all the software in house. We hired staff, we expanded the software, stabilized it. Uh, so we're dealing, you know, we're going downward with, with tech teams and the technologies and the stacks and the equipment and all that kind of stuff. And then we were going upward with management and trying to move the ball forward and improve things. And, uh, again, all going really well. And then company gets sold <laughs> and, and the ride abruptly ended. Well, it didn't end abruptly. Maybe, maybe as these things right tend there. to happen. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's what we should have named it as these things tend to happen. Maybe there's our show title. There's a, know. there's a better show title. <laughs> um, and so, uh, company got bought. Things got shuffled. Uh, I decided to step out and move on to uh, onto another gig. Uh, you're you're still happily plugging along, though. 
Yeah. Uh, still, still rocking and rolling. Um, you know, it's certainly, it's, it's funny. Uh, I don't, I, I don't know about you and where you are with your, uh, your networking game, right. If you're on point son, um, but you get, you get a ton of spam, right. If you spend, I think about 4.5 minutes in the technology industry, you are harassed by these headhunters, you know, mm-hmm. and it's not, it's not even a, I shouldn't even call it a headhunter. It's a mailing list, right? I mean, let's be honest. Uh, and it's all spam and it's all garbage, but a few times a year, uh, I'll get a legitimate outreach from my network, organic outreach. Hey, we're looking for somebody, maybe you fit the bill. Um, my philosophy, it never hurts to have a conversation. I've lived this way for 20 years and it has never backfired on me. Uh, and so I'll take the invite. I'll say, yeah, let me, let me give you an hour of my time. Um, worst case scenario, I learned something, uh, you know, that's the way I look at it. Um, and I get, you know, maybe a couple of those, two, three of those a year. Um, I don't know if that's a lot or a little. <laughs> I, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure anybody who's uh, who's more experienced or knowledgeable will uh, <laughs> will read deeper into that than maybe I'd hope they would. Um, but those, I I tend to be able to walk away from those pretty easily. I think I've I think I've found a good groove. Um, I think I found a good groove where I at. I've still got the itch though. You know, and that's something you and I have talked about since we've known each other, whether we were actively in our own startup or not, um, is that itch, that itch to do something on the side. And now, of course, I, you know, um, I, I have uh I have a not quite four week old in the house. And so that's uh that whole <laughs> that's just not feasible for the next, mm-hmm. you know, X X period of time. But um the the itch is always there, it's always under the surface, and I think that makes us um, a little more you than me, but but it gives you a certain antsiness, a little bit of a rabble rouserness that comes out, um, you know, in in the corporate setting where we both are now. Uh, that I think you just you can't turn off, right? And but I'm at the same time I'm pretty happy and comfortable where I'm at. I'm uh, I'm enjoying the work and and it, it it's uh, it's a it's a great group of people that I'm that I'm working with, and so um, I think that's why uh, I I reach back out about this idea that we had been tossing around for literally years uh, because I wanted to do something on that self-starter front without actually disrupting the day job. And, I, and right. I you've, good- you've got something, you've got something good going and this, this can scratch the itch. Uh, we're, we're having the conversations anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe somebody benefits from it. Right. Right. So, um, so yeah, so that's, I think that brings us up to the, to the present and uh, you know, in between, you know, Lots of different technologies, lots of different uh, stacks and, and teams and, and things like that. Um, and uh, I, I, when I think about the impetus for this show, I always go back to, uh, do you remember the conversation that we had uh, when I was living in uh, Lansdowne? Oh, oh, more background. So I'm currently in, in State College, Pennsylvania, and Chris is out in East Jibbik with <laughs> Lancaster, with, Pennsylvania, with, with horses and buggies. It's it's adorable. Um, I shouldn't speak too. I shouldn't I shouldn't uh, make too much fun. My <laughs> wife comes from a similar area uh, with lots of Amish. Anyway, um, so I always remember when I when I think about this, sh- the, the notion for this show, it really it goes back to when I was living in in Lansdowne and I was uh I forget which company it was at, but we went to, you, you weren't working there either yet or anymore. I can't remember which job it was. And <laughs> as these things it was tend the, to happen, uh, it was the, it was the pizza shop just down the street. And we, where we, we where met we for spent, lunch. 
we yeah we met there for lunch at noon and we sat there until <laughs> almost dinner time the guy at one point the bus boy comes out he's like honestly i have never seen two people sit here hey. so long here's a free voucher for a slice <laughs> I was going to say, hey, hold on a second. First of all, it wasn't the busboy. That was the manager. Okay. So we, oh, we, the, okay, we were memory. upper crust. Okay. We, we, got, were, we, okay, got, yeah, we, we got the attention not, of the manager. Second, not peons <laughs> dealing with busboys. Dealing it's with busboys. Ill-befitting gentlemen of our stature, if you please. <laughs> second of all, it was the middle of, it was either late spring or early summer. And we had sat there so long that I had a half tan a half burn line on one half of my body because we had that little overhang out, was out front a, of it. There was a, the the thought of an awning, and I was, was yeah, on the other side of my body. On the other side, it was ridiculous. <laughs> it was it was like it was like that uh, like that old Star Trek episode with the the, 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 the half black, half white people. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and we still fight to this day. And we still yeah, exactly exactly. And so I remember that conversation. Remember that I have no idea what we spoke about, but it. We planned for lunch. It was epic. It was epic. We planned for lunch. We didn't plan for four hours. And right. so I remember thinking that, and I remember thinking, well, I mean, if we can do that, hell, we can we can come up with a podcast. So, um, all right. We've already spent, I'm looking at my clock. We've already spent way more time doing preamble. Too much. Than, too much. Too much. Uh, that's not why anyone's going to listen to this. Nobody wants to hear about, nobody wants to hear you. our sob story. Me, you. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, I have a topic. Uh, we can go super deep on it, but I'm also curious as to what you would want to talk about today, too. But uh, I thought first episode, I th- I thought it would be kind of fitting that we start at the beginning and talk about hiring and, and the hiring that- process, both from the employer side and the employee side. Some some specifics on that. So that's very exciting to me because I will say I'll let you go into a thing here. Uh, it's my perspective that that hiring and firing are are simply the two most important functions of, oh, of any kind of leader. Hands Her- down, bar none, that that is if you do nothing else well, uh, that will give you a lot of success. And not only as a ma- I mean, on the manager side, 100 percent on the employee side, it's <laughs> that that sets the foundation. It sets the tone and tenor for your entire job, your entire career at that company. You literally don't, you don't get that back. You don't get that back. And so no. if you don't do a good job selling yourself and setting the expectation, overcoming those, those preconceived notions is incredibly difficult. And then more practically speaking, if you don't do a good job selling yourself and then negotiating a good salary, you end up in a crappy situation, uh, potentially, even if it's not bad, you might feel bad. Oh, I could have done better. And then you end up getting sour and salty and and then you ultimately have well i guess is it going to work out i'm going to have to leave because the reality is whatever your starting level is that's pr- that that's where you go from there is it possible to make big leaps absolutely i've i've done it myself one time though over my 20 year career and but i have seen i've actually tried to pay it forward a little bit. I've actually made it happen for a couple of the people in my organization. Uh, but it, 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 you, you have to justify it. There, there has to be a very clear legitimate reason and it just doesn't happen very often. So you set that, that, that level and that's it. Right. And, and you're talking about, uh, you're talking about big jumps in compensation and it should be noted. Uh, you don't get compensated if you don't get the job. Right. So, <laughs> so, so you don't get the job if you're not offered it, if you don't, if you don't do well in the interview. 
and you don't get mm-hmm. the interview unless your resume makes it past the HR filter. Right, right. And I mean, that's so that's the other half. It's the it's the sales side of it, which engineers notoriously, almost universally suck at. And they're just we're so bad at it as a group. Um, and uh, oh, we 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 missed the mantra of the show. So mantra of the show is every day just suck a little bit less. And that's that's what we're gonna you know generally focus in on. And think about how you, it comes out of how we write code. You know, when you write code, you close it up for the day. You go back to it the next day. Who the hell wrote this? This is garbage, man. This sucks. I'm gonna try and make this a little less crappy. That's how I have always approached code. Is just making it a little bit less lousy. And I think that has become for me a personal mantra for personal improvement. You know, you you just want to you just want to raise yourself out of the pit. A little bit each day and just make it I'm, just a little bit less bad. I'm on the I'm on the one percent train, right? Yeah. At, and I tell my team this all the time. They could repeat it in their sleep. Let's do one percent better tomorrow than we did today. Let's do one percent better the day after that than we mm-hmm. do tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You're on that kind of a trajectory sustainably, is nothing's gonna stop you, right? You don't have to you don't have to reinvent the world. You don't have to be the next, you know, Elon. It's it's not this is not necessary for a fairly ridiculous amount of success. Uh, you just have to do a little better each day. And I, I repeat this to my team constantly: it's progress, not perfection. The goal is progress. Exactly, exactly. So, um, in in that spirit, uh, I had a couple things that really are just honestly, pet peeves of mine when it comes to the sales process on both sides. So let's start with, them. all right. So empl- all right, employee side, especially if you are a recent grad, you get a page for a resume, one page, who know that's it. And everyone else. Now you and I may disagree on this. I'm not sure, but everyone else, two pages, full stop. I don't care if you've worked five years, 10 years, 20, 200 years. It's two pages and they have to be comfortable two pages, not, you know, 18 years, size 10 font with, you know, no, no line spacing and <laughs> margins out to 0.5 and all that kind of crap. It has to be very comfortable and easy to read. And the reason is having reviewed a whole bunch of resumes that, you know, ran the gamut from great to garbage there, you're, with this, with the resume, you're trying to get to the next stage. You don't need to answer your entire career. You don't need to explain every single success in full detail. You want to capture the highlights of the most important ones, but you can leave unanswered questions because that's just going to make me as a potential interviewer go, oh, that's really interesting. I want to hear more about that. And but but we we have this this natural tendency to get so like just wordy with you know we want to cover everything and they end up reading almost like CVs and some people genuinely submit CVs which I also think is a terrible mistake I don't know what has your experience been with the with the resume reading I, I similar and and I'll tell you I have come around to your position but I didn't start there my for the longest time I my mantra was one page per decade. So if you've been in the industry 10 years or less, one page, bucko, that's all you get. 
If it's, if it's, you know, you, you've been in industry for three years and you've got a four page resume, I don't want to talk to you. That's an indication <laughs> to me. Uh, no, I mean, I, so again, yeah. hiring and firing well is the single most important duty of a leader in my humble opinion. And so I'm very passionate about it. And I'm, I'm also very clear both for myself, for my team, for prospects and for prospective employers. I'm on the other side of the fence, uh, which I haven't been for a while. Um, I, it, if, if, if you, if this is your second job and you've got a four-page resume, you can't focus. You, yeah. You're not going to make it on my team because you can't focus on what's in. Well, it's either. Now, I'm not. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not mad about that. Like, I'm, I'm you know, uh, God love you. You'll figure it out. You're going to get a job. You'll do well. And you'll either learn resumes as a skill or you won't. And, and, and I think that will hamper your probability for success. But success can come from anywhere. Like, I'm not mad about it. But. You know, if if I see verbal diarrhea in your resume, it's a red flag. Well, it's it's not just the it's not just the um, the 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 focus. I actually think it's communication skill. If you can't, and I go back to what I said. You know, you right, want to get right. to the that, next that, stage. If you can't message appropriately, if you if your written word where you have literally all the time in the world and no one looking over your shoulder while you do it, if you can't get the messaging right on you. And that's the other thing. It's a subject that you are very intimately familiar with. It is yourself and your history. If you can't get the message, allegedly, if that, if you can't get the messaging right on that, how am I supposed to trust you to write up a report for clients or for an executive team? That's what I mean on focus, right? Your resume is meant to convey an idea. What's the idea? Right. If that idea is unfocused, what what is what is my level of faith again to your point that you're going to be able to perform those things once you're an employee right you know? and that's and so I, I for the longest time okay one page per decade I thought that was a fair meter stick uh, nobody's working more than thirty or forty years hey if you've been in the industry forty years and I get your resume I don't think four four pages is unreasonable I've come around a little bit on this because um, what you did in 1982 is not relevant today exactly. I don't care what it was, right? If you're now applying for a software development management position and you were programming PDP 11s back in the 70s, that's <laughs> not, there's, there's no context under which that's relevant to me. I don't care. Um, and so now I'm kind of in this spot where, all right, uh, one page per decade limit two. And the way that I, I, I even on my resume, I, I, I phrase this, um, and it, it's a little arbitrary. It's, it's kind of like to get the fit, you know, I want to fill the, t- if I'm going to go to a second page, I want to fill it. And so, um, back to your other point about design, you know, we can go more into that if you want, but use negative space, let it breathe, oh, right? Yeah. Present oh, yeah. some things with clarity, put, put like Twitter limits on yourself. I try as, as hard as I can when I'm listing, you know, what I did in a position, I try to keep that to one line. You know, a full mm-hmm. line, get the idea out, but one line per bullet, um, not having paragraphs under each bullet point, because this is this is not helpful. It does not add clarity. Um, mm-hmm. And so and so what I've taken to doing is uh, once I got to that second page, OK, well, how am I going to do this now? Um, so I limit to, I, OK, only last 10 or only last 15 years shown, um, because, again, it doesn't really matter what you did before, or what you want to do next. After that, it doesn't matter. It's arbitrary. Mm-hmm. No, it's it, totally. I I do want to actually cover content and layout a little bit, but before we go too far, the talking about um, you know rejecting based on the uh, the format or the content or lack thereof, I can hear my very cynical early 
career self going. You just confirmed everything I always knew. You're just reading the resume and it has nothing to do with who I actually am and the work I actually do as an engineer. This is complete arbitrary garbage. Like I can hear an early version of myself saying this. And so if that's the case, I'm sure there is some fresh grad out there who's thinking the same thing. And so, yes, we, <laughs> yes, it is, that that is true. But it's just a reality that those skills translate. They do. It, what you see on the resume, and I've, I have just, I've seen it enough to know it to be true, that what you get out of those initial first impressions is what you're going to get from the employee. And that's why it's really important to look for red flags, even in something that would be you know, conceivably as arbitrary as the, as the resume, because there's an assumption, like I said, best foot forward, you spend some time on this. And so if you're not able to do it in that kind of a vacuum, what does that say about moving forward? And so I think that that's really, really important. Now, in order to actually counteract that, we go to what you were just describing in layout. And I totally agree. You got to have padding. You just, you don't want to cram every single word on the page. You just want to focus in on the things that are going to get you to the next stage. So with a resume, you're going to go through an HR screener and you might have somebody like one of us look at it, but it's not, it's, it's, you, you just need to level set that, okay, you seem like you might be a good fit. That's and that's and that's the question you have to, to to get answered. And I think a lot of people don't think about that. They think I'm going to get the resume and then they're just going to see the resume. They're going to see my awesomeness and they're going to offer me a bajillion dollars and yeah. they shoot for that. And that's not actually what you want to shoot for. You want to shoot for, huh, this person looks like they might be pretty good at this. Let me talk to them. You want to yes, get that. Yes. You want to get the chat conversation. That's what you want. Hey, this this guy could be qualified. That's the that's what you're looking for. This guy could be qualified. Yeah, this this guy could be it. Um, and there was um, uh, I had a um, not even a professor, was a teacher in high school. Um, really interesting guy. Uh, he would require us to write, uh, you know, papers. Um, and it was a, 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 a civics class. Um. And, you know, inevitably you'd have the, um, and you know, the type, uh, you know, the um, eager young lady sitting right in the front of the T, you know, a classroom, the T is the front row. And then the middle column, uh, eager young lady sitting right, right at the, right at the intersection of the T hand shoots up in the air. How many paragraphs or how many pages, right? And response every time, but, but, but they didn't learn their lesson uh, because his response would be the same every time the skirt. And the first time he said it, everybody's like, what was he talking about? The skirt. And he said, well, uh, you want to you want the length of your paper to be analogous to a skirt long enough to cover all the essentials, but short enough to keep people interested. That was <laughs> that was his <laughs> response. And I thought, I mean, even, you know, however many years old me, I thought, my goodness, is he is that racy? Is he he's getting away with saying that in a in a public school? He How is he not be, been sued into oh, oblivion? I mean, I mean, what year was this that you were saying? If if it were today, I think they I think they're actually building gallows in some <laughs> school have, districts for, they for would that have kind of duct behavior. Taped him to a nuke oh, and launched him at the sun. Anyway, but it's it's, it's a funny thing, it's, you know, and, and, and it's and, true. Uh, he, 
he didn't mean, you know, he was, he was really was a legitimately good guy. Um, you know, he had, a, he had a good heart, but, but that's, so that's what I, sh- and that's the struggle. I, th- I think the struggle, you know, capital S, right. The struggle with the resume, you want to make it detailed enough so that somebody can get an accurate picture of what you're capable of. You do not want to overload them with buzzword bullcrap mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the more information you put in there, the more opportunities you give yourself to say something is going to turn somebody off. Right. On the other side, you got to give them enough to really prove you're bona fide. So it's a delicate balancing act. And things like these little personal rules, oh, keep a bullet to one line, or you know, if you have to go to two, your thoughts should be complex enough that you can use two full lines. Don't go a line in one word that it looks awkward visually on the page. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also a waste of space because again, you're capping yourself, uh, you know. One page uh, out of school, maybe you go to two, you stop there, space is at a premium, and you want to make sure the thing flows and breathes. It has white space around it, uh, uh, negative space, I should say. Um, And so what I'm trying to get at is the the balance there. You want to say enough, but you don't want to say too much, both because you don't want it to be too long that nobody's going to read it. Uh, but also because you you increase your chances of doing something wrong in the eyes of the beholder. Yeah. Well, it's not only that. I mean, the two page thing, it, there's it's twofold. That, that that rule for me is twofold. As a reviewer, I literally don't have time to read through every single word, even a two it's page, a practical limitation, even two pages. I really I, I would be hard pressed to admit uh, to count the number of resumes that I have literally read word for word going the whole whole way down. Most of the time I'm scanning it, looking for specific keywords or phrases or things that are indicative of experience and relevancy to the position. And so, you know, I'm not reading it top to bottom. And so you keeping it short helps me. Yeah. <clears throat> but on the flip side, I think keeping it short helps the app the applier as well because you mentioned twitter earlier i think it's very very apt analogy when you can when you limit yourself to that space you are forced to mentally think about what is important and what is not you are forced to separate wheat from chaff it's an exercise in focus it's an exercise in focus and it allows you it actually allows the things that are the most important to you in your professional career to bubble up to the surface. And it, and it actually keeps the noise signal to noise ratio uh, down. And right. As- and, and to your point earlier, I think it, it I want to I want to emphasize what you said earlier that, you know, the resume is designed to try to get you where you want to go, not right. not the navel gaze at where you've been. And so you say, oh, look, I did I did 211 things at my current job. How do I possibly? Well, take the six that are relevant to where you want to go and put those first, right? And start right. there as a basis point. Um, because everybody knows that you did more than what was on your resume. Everybody knows mm-hmm. that your whole job was not nine bullet points, right? That's You don't need to try to compensate for that. Yeah. And, and I think, but it's important that you, that you point that out because I think a lot of times we, we get up inside our own heads and we worry about, yeah. oh, if I had just added this one other bullet about this thing. No, I really... Again, it, it, all the, I mean, I have definitely reviewed, it's definitely in the hundreds. I'm not sure if I'm in the thousands yet, but I've reviewed a lot of resumes and I can't think of a one where I made a decision based on the presence or absence of just a single line or a single concept. It's it's no. much more general than Never. that. 
Never. So, and and nonlinear too. So when I read them, yes, and I have I have my own peeve that I want to go into. And this is and I'm Ooh. about to transition into that. Let's do it. When I read a resume, I look at the top, you know, name information. If you have a little mission statement there, I'll read that. I will read pretty in depth the first position listed. So normally resumes are reverse chronological order. Your most recent or current position is at the top and then they go backwards in time. I will read that in, in pretty thorough depth. Uh, if you know what, however much depth you've, you've provided, then I go all the way to the bottom of the document, uh, because usually there's some supplemental at the bottom, maybe education or anything else that you might put there as a trailer. And then I'll work if that's there, I don't really care if it is or isn't, but I'll, I'll go down and look for it. Cause often people put things there. Um, and in, in my resume, I do, I, I bury the, 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 you know, the academic stuff and the, the summary of skills. I, I bury that at the bottom cause you know, kind of doesn't matter, but it still has to be there. Mm-hmm. So I'll read that. I'll read the intro. I'll read the, the current or recent position. Then I'll jump to the bottom. If there's any trailer information, I'll read it. And then I'll work my way back up. I don't read, and I'll, I'll be honest about this, unless I have some reason to do so uh, on an initial review, right? If I'm going to hire you, I'll do a more in-depth resume review. But if I'm just looking at this on the stack, uh, I will read headlines going up forward in time. And my peeve uh, is when people you know, you, you normally the way a resume is structured, typically, and I, I don't want to give uh, anybody that is a fresh grad, I don't want to give the sense that this is the way things ought to be done. Um, it just happens to be the way they are frequently done, um, where there's some sort of a, a title line, and then there's a description, whether that's bullets or a paragraph, but the title line will usually contain uh, dates worked or time span, you know, either X years or this date to this date, uh, company, location, and title. Those are typical kind of a structure of a resume. It, it, you know, that's that's typically what you see. It bugs the ever-loving crud out of me when I see somebody put a bunch of emphasis on the company and not the position. Uh. So let me give you an example of that. Uh, you know, ABC Corp is in 16 bolded font underlined, and then senior developer is in eight point italic underneath of it in a light gray, uh-huh. right? I don't care. Now, maybe there's a case, maybe there's an industry, maybe there's somewhere else you're applying to that that you want to name drop. You want to say, hey, look, I worked here, right? If you're a developer, you want to be able to say, I worked at Apple, right. I worked yeah. at Google. I was, was going to say, you're dropping, That's, you're, you're making a yeah. FANG reference. You're talking about, you're talking about FANG applications, F-A-A-N-G, Facebook, exactly. Apple, exactly. Amazon, yeah. so, Netflix, So Google. if you're, Right. So if you're Fang, maybe you want to name drop. Maybe that's something you can find a creative. Oh, oh we can go. No, I, no, no. We can. <laughs> I have a whole argument about Fangs that we could talk about, but keep going. Uh, all right. All right. So <laughs> so what I want to see when I'm looking, when I'm doing that bottom up scan, that forward in time scan, I want to see your progression as a professional. Now, maybe, and I, we've, we've, I know for a fact we have both. Some of them have been on the same teams. Uh, we've employed guys who were 10 or 20 years our senior, 30 years our senior, who have been engineers their whole career, happy doing it. Um, and it's a little intimidating when you when you have somebody working for you that's that much more experienced in the craft. Uh, but that's a whole separate discussion. Um, and and some people just engineer, 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 senior engineer, 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 architect, senior engineer, engineer. You know, and, and that's fine. But I want to see what the progression is. And I'm looking at the times too, because you know if you've got a lot of little hopping around, a lot of a lot of short time spans, that could be a, a red flag. Oh, it's um, a huge red flag. We just I just when I do that earlier this year. 
Yeah. But when I do that bottom up scan, that forward in time, you know, that chronological progression, I'm looking at your personal professional progression. I don't care what the company is. Please de-emphasize the company name. That's the least important thing you could possibly put on your resume. In fact, if you left them out entirely, I would not care. Mm. Mm, that's, that's my that's my peeve of the day. That would be an interesting that would be an interesting exercise. I have to agree that I don't look at the name, although <laughs> I'm actually going to flip it. I do look at the name in the sense that I'm looking for fangs so that I can toss them in the trash. I'm serious. Oh, I, I, no. I'm, oh I'm, no. Yes. I'm no, I'm going there. I'm going there. Oh no. These are, these are, I, okay. I don't want to, I don't want to bundle everyone who works at these companies, but I have seen it so many times now that it, it's, it, it is true. A lot of these engineers who are coming from these very highly visible technical companies like Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google, etc. They have this, they usually have an ego that matches their, their, their stock prices. You know, it, it's, it's insane. Like just cause you work at those companies doesn't mean squat. I need to know what it is that you did and why. And here's the other thing I actually, uh, again, based on personal experience and, you know, and, and hiring, I think that the people who come out of those jobs, especially if that's an early job in your career, you actually come out weaker from those bigger companies than you would have otherwise if you went to a smaller firm. Because at a smaller firm, there are less rules, there's less uh, red tape, and there's also less delineation of responsibility. At a less larger, specialization. Less specialization. At a larger company, you're going to have a database t- team. You're going to have an applications team. You're going to have a security team. You're going to have all of those things broken out. And you can't cross that fence. You're over here working on this widget. You're not working on, you know, that part of the of the of the factory floor line. And so you don't get the same exposure and you don't get the same experience whereas if you're a smaller company, you get to wear lots of hats and you learn lots of different things. Exposure is incredible. Exposure is incredible, but not only that, um, you know, you get that okay, so the counter argument there. Well, yeah, you've got all this breadth, but you have no depth and everything. Really, though, because in covering all of those individual pieces that I can see the whole thing soup to nuts, you see the connection points and seeing how all of those things tie together and being able to tie all those things together makes you incredibly valuable because most times, uh, again, would love to hear your experience. But when I have interviewed people who have a lot of experience in, say, databases or they come from a purely IT background. And they're uh, applying for a job that has more development uh, ness to it. If they have been neck deep in one particular area, their confidence, at least, in the ability to cross that chasm is way, way, way down. Whereas at this point, I mean, I have done literally, I've done the entire OSI stack at this point. Like I, I've done everything except make my own silicon. Um, and so. <laughs> So I have seen, I have seen everything. I'm not expert at all of it. Like I had a very, very brief stint in and around electrical engineering and board design, for example. It was very, very small and shallow, but I saw enough that it helped fill out the picture. And, you know, connecting all those dots and being able to see the thing go from start to finish over the whole, you know, the project over the whole process, the the information over the whole wire, you know, is super duper valuable. 
I think. And most people discount that and they go, nope, I worked at Google. Give me monies. Mm, well, no. <laughs> and engineers tend, I will caveat that heavily, towards a certain type of personality, right? Detail-oriented. They're the deep dive people. Nothing else matters. Uh, you know, I'm going to put my head down. I'm going to do this one thing well mm -hmm. to perfection, to completion before I consider anything else in the universe of possibilities. Okay. And what working at a, at a smaller firm does, and I tend to agree caveat, uh, what, what works, what, what works from a, somebody coming from a smaller company is that jack of all trades, right? They've, they've worn a bunch of different hats. Like, you know, you and I both have, um, and I can, I can, I can sit on a board meeting. I can I cut my own cat five cable and run it through the plenum of my house, which I have done. Um, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's everything soup to nuts. It also gives you the perspective that we're in a customer service industry, whether or not you like it, pal, uh, we're in customer service, right? We are, we are serving, uh, the business side, whatever your, you know, whatever your company is, whatever the thing product or service it is that they sell, mm -hmm. you're supporting that, right? You're, you're not the rock star. You are a servant of that greater goal. Um, and so there's a certain customer focused attitude and a certain humility that I think, um, you see more in folks that have had that kind of a beginning. Now, the big caveat there was uh, one of the things those people almost never have is discipline. So because they were at a small firm, mm. there were no controls, there were no oversight, there was whatever Wild West. Um, it, it tends with a, with a Fang, somebody from Fang, you, you tend to see a lot more discipline. No, everything is in Git. Everything is tested. This is how we do, you know, there's the, that's the, true. the practice that's true. itself is more disciplined, but you know, but, but that's, ex that's already been explained because they had the time to go and focus on it because somebody else was dealing with all the rest. So the, and that's a, and that's a sliding scale, right? And it doesn't mean you can't be at a relatively smaller, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 person company and have that same discipline, have that same experience. And it doesn't mean you couldn't have been at a large uh, enterprise and done sort of more of the entrepreneur route and and have some of those. I'm not saying that, you know, generalizations there, but um, I think there's a there's a perspective to disciplines. And, and I, even that's an overgeneralization, but that seems to be the spectrum um, that I that I tend to see. OK, so, yeah, oh, man, I mean, that's a good counterpoint. Um, so the question becomes, which one? Okay, so you can only do one at a time. So I guess the question becomes, mm -hmm. which one do you do first? You know what um, I'm saying? Like, which one, which one can you learn later? And I would argue that I think setting a baseline of having broad experience and being hungry and, and comfortable with, with lots of technologies I think that's important, more important out the gate because we as human beings have a tendency to ossify over the course of our career and we tend to get set in our ways. Yes, uh, you do. So given that, <laughs> see what you did there. Yeah, that was, a, was a, that was, that was a personal you, not the, not the proverbial you. Good job. Well, well played. I'll be here all night. Yeah, he'll be here all night. I, um, so I think that, yeah, we, I don't, I would, I, I think I stick with what I say, but what you're saying is not wrong. It's, it's, it's true too. I don't, I don't know. 
you know, at this time, the gentleman from Pennsylvania is not willing to commit to a specific response. If I have to choose A or B, you know, gun to my head. Mm-hmm. Um, but just for the interest of being fun, I'll, I'll take the counterpoint. Okay. Um, and I would say that uh, having large enterprise experience, it could be a lot more beneficial than bringing that to a small company because you're able to offer uh, a level of organizational thinking and process and discipline True. Um, yep. that somebody else may not have. And that could be a higher ROI to the small business than your customer service attitude is to a larger enterprise. That's, um, that's true. Now, I, I say that, but I really don't care. <laughs> and and this is the crux of my hiring process. There are two filters when I, you know, switching over to the hiring side, there are exactly two filters that anybody's got to go through to get on my team. The first is bullion and the second is a spectrum. The bullion filter is, do I think you are a good fit, right? This is, we're talking about uh, just interpersonal communication. We're talking about attitude and character. I say this all the time to my people. If you have if you're of solid character and you have a good attitude, sky's the limit, right? There's, there's no cap to what we can do together. Um, if you're too self-absorbed or rude, or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if, if you're just abrasive to work with, uh, you know, what is it? Uh, Reed Hastings, the Netflix guy. So we don't, we don't hire smart a-holes, I think was his, uh, was his line. Yeah. Um, I've heard the line before. That's- that's that's generally, you know, I, I, I that's that's my philosophy as well. I, I phrase it differently, but um, you know, you if 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 I don't think you're going to get along with the team at the at the human cultural level there, if I don't think I can trust you, you're out. Sorry, pal. I don't I don't care how smart you are. That doesn't matter to me because in the long run, those people are a cancer on the team culture and the team morale. Then you're going to look at higher turnover. And that, I mean, just all the problems flow yep. from that. Yep. So so first you you pass the Boolean filter and then it's a spectrum. Okay. I have validated. I, I looked at your resume first. You could be a good fit, right? We're asking, we're, you know, you're in, your resume's got me interested. Uh, you pass the Boolean filter. I think you're going to be a good culture fit. Uh, now all I want to see is that your hard skills, you know, and you can, you could phrase it soft skill filter and then hard skill filter. Um, your hard skills are close enough to the level we need for this position. And I say close enough because you and I, I could sit here and I could say, well, these are the parameters defined in the job requisition form that we need to see. It it doesn't matter because you and I both know, uh, oh, look, you know, uh, you know, technology X is uh, five years old. So we're looking for somebody with six years experience, right? That whole joke. (laughs) I just need to know that you're close enough to what I'm looking for, that you'll be able to come in, hit the ground running, learn what you don't know and go from there because it is, I can buy you a book. I can send you to a class or a conference. I can I can have somebody teach you a thing. I could give you some time between Wikipedia and YouTube and, a, and an open console to learn. I could, hard skills are easy to teach. The soft stuff, I mean, you, you come in with that or you don't. And, and in my case, you come in with it or you go someplace else. Yeah, you're talking about the ability to learn, you know, the initiative and the drive yeah. to go from wherever you're at today, whatever status quo is today to learning the things that you need to do to be successful right. in this job. Because there's now, always I, something. It's always something. Yeah. And, and obviously if I have a rec open for like a senior developer or an architect, I'm not going to take somebody six months out of school. Like that's just, that's, that's, that's beyond you right now. Sure. Um, 
but but I need to see that you're close enough that I can get you there reasonably, right? But it's not a it's that's a little more of a spectrum thing. But I I don't care what your hard skills are. I literally don't care what your capabilities are until I know you're going to be that good fit. And so wrapping this all the way back around to the beginning again with the resume, it's like you said, it's it's a sales pitch. You you got to put the resume together. You got to make yourself look appealing. You have to make a strong case. You want to keep it interesting. Uh, so that you can get the interview so that you can validate, yep, I'm, I'm the right man or woman for the job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, you're, you're, you're right. And it's, and it is sales and it is a sales effort. And we generally, again, as a group, don't, don't really like doing sales. We like doing engineering. Uh, we're, we're horrible at it. And I've avoided quite bad talking about, yeah, I've avoided talking about, it's a very good point that you made. I've completely avoided it because I don't have a good answer for it. <laughs> we're, we're, we're just bad at it. I don't know how to fix that one. <laughs> I, I, I think, I think the way you fix that, I, well, one, I don't think you fix it. I mean, you are who you are. You should, you should play to your strengths, but there is a, I think there's a, some basic formula that you can follow. You, you know, you understand your audience and recognize your audience and speak to that audience. It's, it's empathy. So it's not sale. You can replace for, for the purposes here, you could replace the term sales with empathy. You need to be able to empathize with the other person. Do you know mm-hmm. the difference between sympathy and empathy? There's, this is actually, they are two fundamentally different concepts. Do you know what it is? No, no, they, they are. Empathy is the ability to understand where they're coming from and, and, being willing to help them through it, whereas sympathy is is just a platitude. At least in my mind, uh, sympathy is useless. Right? Okay. Empathy <laughs> is an, a core important human skill, and sympathy is bullcrap because I'm just saying, yeah, I'm sad for you too. Okay, but it empathy sounds like it's actually understanding what they're going through. Okay, so you and I actually are probably going to need to have a follow up conversation about sympathy versus empathy, and probably branch off into into uh, grammar and philosophy. But no, I actually say you are completely wrong, sir. Sympathy, I actually think both are important. Sympathy is being able to imagine what the other person feels like, but you don't have a real point of reference in your personal experience to know what they're going through. If you're if you had a parent die, if you had a mother or father die, I could not I could only sympathize with you because I I have both of my parents still, okay? Whereas Somebody else who has also had a, who has already had a parent die, that person can empathize with you because they can draw on their own experience. That's the difference between sympathize and empathize is, is the, is the concrete uh, background that they can bring to it. If they have gone through something similar, then they can empathize. So bringing it back to the, to the sales side here, you empathy, empathy here, you, you've got to try and put yourself in the shoes of the uh, the person who is doing the hiring. Now, you're not an HR person, right? But they are a human being. They are they are looking to hire people for the job that you are applying for. You obviously think you're very good for this job. So you should have a pretty innate understanding of what is important and what is not important, what they would or would not be looking for to fulfill this job. And so that's where the empathizing comes in and understanding that position and that perspective. Um, so don't want to go super deep on the grammar side anymore, but that that's, I, I think if you just forget, don't think sales, if that, if that gets you hung up, think, think empathy and, you know, just trying to relate to the person who is, whom you are trying to, to sell yourself. And then if you can put yourself in their shoes, just say what you want 
what you think they want to hear. It's it's really that simple. Right, right. Um, but but you can't. Hmm. So that's tough because as a as a you know somebody and, and like you somebody who's hired so many different people, you, I don't always know what I want to hear. So you can't. So right. so there's 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 empathizing, there's sympathizing, whatever you know. Somebody who's never hired somebody before by your yeah, definition cannot can possibly work. empathize. They can try to empathize, but that is actually just sympathy by your. Well, by they your can try. I don't have a dictionary in front of me, so I can't. I can't fight you on that. But I well, really that's want a, to. that's a shame. I came prepared. I actually have the dictionary um, open right here. Oh, so, oh okay. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, we got to maybe maybe here. if you had you know if you took this seriously and you were prepared, maybe maybe if I took this, you know, seriously, I, we I could th- have. You know, I got to admit, I kind of just saw you as 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 funny color commentary guy. You you were you were going to you were going to be the sidecar in this whole endeavor. My role. I'm just, okay. you know, okay. I didn't mention that to you, but you, you know, you're kind of putting me on the spot here. So you know, uh, I'm sorry to hear you that. didn't understand what sympathy and empathy are. It's, it's no, kind of I'm sorry to hear you're so out of touch, but we'll work it's, through it. We'll work through it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, yeah. we, we could go way into the weeds on, on sympathy yeah. and empathy here. So I, I, I maybe a bad is, analogy, we're both, but we're both getting, we're both getting to the same thing though. Which is, which is, you know, it's sales is about trying to figure out what the other person is looking for. Now, if you're selling cheap knives out of a briefcase, it's, it's probably some, <laughs> some less, uh, less palatable tactics that you will use in order to do that. Um, if, if you're trying to get a job, you, you know, you're, you, you applied in most times, and there's exceptions to this, but most times you're applying because you think you're qualified, right? And most mm-hmm. times you're actually having an interview now. You're having a conversation because you made it through the resume filter. Now you're on to the interview. Um, somebody else there thinks you, you, you got potential, right? And so, what you want to try to do is figure out what they're looking for and how you apply what you've already done to that thing. Um, and it's tough. Engineers, you know, uh, engineers that, that don't like to talk that we're people, people, you know, the, the, the office face guy yelling, um, you know, deal and with so the it's people with, deal with the people so that the, what the hell is the matter with you, you people. <laughs> Um, no. And so it's, it's tough and it is a soft skill and it's just something you have to try at, you know, I'm, I'm an introvert by nature. I'm quiet by nature. We've, we've been on calls. <laughs> I remember one time we were both working for the, the, uh, the same person. And yeah, it's, it, the two of you were going back and forth on a, you know, a, a three-way call. Uh, and then, and then there's silence for a few seconds. <laughs> and the, the, our boss said, Chris, what do you think? <laughs> like, well, I, I didn't say anything because I didn't disagree with anything that was said. You know, I, I'm not going to waste my breath rehashing something you guys already talked about. What's the value in that? No, you're supposed um, to pick a side, to, damn it. That's what you were supposed you to, to pick do. A side, you have to you have to punch somebody. Um, <laughs> but you you have to uh, you you have to do that. You you have to try to practice that skill. Um, and it, it takes time, it takes experience. And if, if you're on the younger end of the spectrum, you just don't have a lot of experience interviewing. Um, but, uh, it, it gets easier. Um, and, and I'll take, and I would say my advice for somebody in that position who's on the younger side, take the interviews. If you got an interview, take oh, it, even yeah. if you don't want the job, um, practice, or even if you're, you know, you, you don't take a job for something you, you, you literally wouldn't take otherwise. But if, if you're not sure, take the interview, it's just practice, you know, it's just exposure. And that's the only way to develop muscles is just exercise. Um, and this, this sales pitch selling yourself is, is really just letting your confidence show through. Um, that's a, that's a muscle and it just takes a little bit of exercise for it. Mm-hmm. 
Well, we covered only a fraction of what I plan to, which I'm not surprised at all about, but um, I've got a heartbreak. I think you have a heartbreak too. So we're going to have to pick this one up for, uh, for next week. Um, I'll do outros and things like that. So, you know, we can, we'll, we can just, you know, cap it, but uh, any closing thoughts? Uh, I would say I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this. As you, you mentioned in the beginning, we've been talking about doing this for a really long time. Um, and it's, it's, it feels right. It feels, if this feels like the right thing at the right time to do. Um, and so I'm, I'm excited. I think, I think we're, <laughs> we're, we're known for having rather, uh, boisterous conversations. Um, and what, what do we say in the beginning? We've known each other about 15 years and never had a fight. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so we tend, this it's is just this one, is one giant fight. It's really just one giant <laughs> consistent prolonged with yeah, some, yeah, some we lows haven't had, and some highs, but yeah, we haven't had fights. We have had a, we have a fight. Yeah. Just right, constant right, continuing. Um, yeah, I've, I've got a lot of other stuff to talk about, but, um, I, this is one that I know we, we agree more than we disagree. So, oh, for um, sure. Maybe, and we didn't even cover employers. We didn't even cover no, employers. So we're going to have to really didn't. Really and didn't. I mean, God, that's a, that's a whole area in and of itself. Um, yeah, hint everyone er, employers suck at this just as badly as employees do i think oh everybody's yeah. terrible Every, everybody's, everybody's terrible. terrible we're all pretending all of the time that's it's what tr- i've learned <laughs> it's true i really do think it's true <laughs> all right good sir right, brother good conversation we'll pick it up again for the next one yeah likewise i look forward to it man Take all care. right see ya cheers